You're listening to the MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update Podcast with host Fifi Peters. This global investment feature is brought to you by 91. Uh, traditionally, bonds have been seen as safe, in quote, and equities have been seen as risky, in quote, but this does not necessarily always hold true. In fact, since 2008, uh, global bonds have shown a lot less ability to counteract some of the losses from equities and have also displayed more and more volatility. We've got uh, John Stopford, who's the head of the multi-asset income at 91 for more on this. So, John, thanks so much for your time. I guess the question would be why the tradition has not held true, particularly in the recent while and whether you uh, still believe it does have some truth to it. So I, I think people basically get caught up with simplistic assumptions and sort of generic labels. So on the simplistic assumptions point, bonds have periods where they can act as, in general, as sort of a defensive or safe asset. But there are also times when they offer limited diversification from equities and also can lose a lot of money, as we saw in uh, in 2022. But also, there's a, it's a very broad term. So there are different types of bonds. Some tend to be um, more predictable, so government bonds potentially, and other areas tend to be uh, much riskier, um, high-yield corporate bonds, for example. So people have these simple labels. We tend to think they should actually focus on what's underneath, what's under the bonnet and how that might behave and essentially cast the net wide. So don't just dismiss equities as risky because there are certain parts of the equity market that can exhibit um, defensive behavior at certain times. And there's bits of the bond market that can actually lose you a lot of money. Um, so it's it's really about trying to be a bit more open minded and a little bit more thoughtful than just being too simplistic about how people approach their portfolios. Sure. But in your view, what uh, do you reckon the uh, most significant change has been, particularly since uh, 2008, that has changed this uh, long-term uh, assumption around bonds and equities? So I, I think the simplest answer to that, since 2008, we obviously went through uh, the global financial crisis, and that ended up with central banks essentially distorting markets, so intervening heavily in the bond market through quantitative easing, uh, and then at various points adopting so-called quantitative tightening, where they reduce the amount of bonds they held. And those kind of big policy actions distort markets, distort valuations, create volatility. Um, And I think also, you know, we've basically been up until a few years ago uh, in a 40-year bond bull market, where over time, interest rates and inflation have been heading down. More recently, um, you know, potentially we've we've changed changed direction. So people have been um, uh, conditioned to believe bonds deliver decent returns all the time because in a, a falling yield environment, a falling inflation environment, you get capital gains. The risk now is we're moving into a period of of stable to higher bond yields, and actually you might get capital losses, uh, and that's something people haven't experienced in most people's working lives. Um, you know, we've been in a bull market. We might now be in a bond bear market. 
And so uh, going back to the point that you made about, uh, you know, not being able to uh, hold on to the uh, simplistic uh, approach of the past, for a conservative uh, global investor, is there a defensive alternative then to fixed income? So uh, as I said, I think it's about just um, widening the net a little bit. So yes, some bonds will will play a part in a defensive portfolio, but you just need to think about um, the nature of the cash flows that you're receiving and how they're priced. But also there may be room for certain assets which traditionally are viewed as, as um, equity. So for example, there are uh, investment trusts linked to uh, infrastructure uh, projects where essentially you're getting long dated, um, fairly um, secure cash flows. So a little bit like a bond, but typically they have an element of inflation protection and other aspects that might be attractive. Um, Also, you know, there are just companies where they have um, strong cash flow generation, uh, very competitive market positions, and they have been able to um, pay back a significant amount of that cash over time to investors in a fairly predictable way. So you've seen you know, a whole range of companies in the US, in Europe and elsewhere, where over 20, 30, 40, 50 years, they've gradually increased their dividends. And so you've got relative predictability and some growth. And depending how they're priced, that may also be part of a defensive portfolio. So it's about taking a wider perspective being less caught up with simple labels. On the flip side, you've got certain bonds that have behaved in a fairly erratic way. So historically, some parts of the corporate bond market um, have equity-like behaviour in recession, so parts of the high-yield market. And more recently, we saw uh, Credit Suisse, um, so-called COCOs, their their subordinated um, bonds, being written off um, because of uh, financial trouble um, for for Credit Suisse, but their equity retained value. And that's a very unusual situation where equity holders continue to hold an asset that has value, but the bonds get written down to zero. So it's this idea about just not taking the simple term bond and equity at face value and assume one is safe and one is, is risky, but actually think a bit more deeply about each security you own, what part it plays, how it generates uh, income uh, and how, it, how predictable that is and how it's priced. You know, is it, is it cheap? Is it expensive? Mm-hmm. And we think by, by taking a, a broader approach and a more open minded approach, you can deliver more consistent um, defensive outcomes than just basically buying bonds and hoping for the best. Okay. So as a co-manager then of the 91 Global uh, Multi-Asset Income Fund, how are you positioned, just given your view of these asset classes? So the, the areas that we are particularly negative on at the moment are parts of the bond market. So in particular, the so-called high yield corporate uh, bond market, which is essentially lending uh, to risky companies, we just don't think you're paid enough uh, compensation to own those kinds of uh, bonds at the moment, because basically you get a little bit of a pickup in yield over government bonds. But the risk at the moment, we think, is that some of those bonds will default and you're just not going to get enough compensation. There's very little upside that we can see and there's plenty of downside. Similarly, I think if you look at 
you know, parts of uh, the government bond markets, you know, you, we've still got to get through um, the tightening cycle in in the global economy that the, the um, rises in interest rates. But at some point, uh, if we go into a more challenged economic environment, they will offer value. But over the medium term, you know, we are somewhat concerned about government bonds holding value, particularly if inflation remains uh, stickier and deficits remain remain large. So we do have some exposure there, but I think we're a little bit cautious at the moment. And then we do think there are opportunities in the equity space. So, you know, there are a number of uh, very high quality companies where we've got a lot of confidence that they're going to maintain and grow their dividends over time. Uh, we do think some of that listed, uh, those listed infrastructure investments are interesting. Uh, we're beginning to look at some parts of the um, REIT market, the listed property market, where um, you know there's a lot of pessimism built into uh, to valuations there, and in the ca- in certain cases, we think there are a very solid cash flows or income that we can earn. So it's it's about trying to take uh, a, a mix of investments where you, you're getting reasonably predictable, resilient income, and you're not overpaying for it. Uh, and you're you're factoring in the uncertainty about the global outlook that that exists now and is likely to persist over the medium term. All right, uh, John, uh, thanks so much for uh, that insightful uh, discussion and just drawing our attention to uh, uh, some of the things that have worked in the past and uh, perhaps how we need to uh, relook at uh, those uh, aspects uh, for the future. John uh, Stopford, he's the head of the Multi Asset Income at uh, 91. This global investment feature was brought to you by 91. We can stay here, stick with what worked before, keep our eye on that one spot, steadfast. Or we can recognize that the only constant is change. At 91, we believe that with change comes opportunity. That's why we have 250 investment professionals in the world's investment hubs actively seeking opportunities for you, wherever in the world they may be. Isn't it time to change how you see investing? Invest offshore with 91. 91. Investing for a world of change. 91 is an authorized FSP. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb SAFM Market Update podcast, uploaded weekdays at 7 p.m. For more MoneyWeb podcasts, go to moneyweb.co.za or the app and follow MoneyWeb News for daily updates.